Hello, everybody! This is Ray Renati, and this is Green Room Radio. Welcome. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. You know what? It's June, and there's a thing that Twitter does, and it's called AudioMo. Hashtag AudioMo. It means that you produce audio every day during the month of June, and I'm going to do that here in, in this green room. On Green Room Radio, every day I am going to create a podcast about the world of entertainment. Somehow I'm going to do that. (laughs) Today I'd like to talk about the uh, revival, the touring revival of The Color Purple, which was uh, just in San Francisco. It It just closed. I went and saw it on the last day. It was sold out. It won uh, Best Revival of a Musical for a Tony Award, I think, not last year, but the year before. It originally played on Broadway, I believe, from 2005 to 2008. I have to say I was sadly very disappointed with this rendition of The Color Purple for a number of reasons, and it had nothing to do with the performers. I will not diss my fellow performers. They all gave it everything they had. And for that, I commend them. But there were some problems with this show that I just couldn't get around. And they took me out of the world of the play in The Color Purple and put me in the world of critic. And I don't like that. I don't want to talk about it because I think there are some acting and directing lessons here that can be learned. And also, I'm a little bit concerned about the direction of theater and musical theater when I see this. I believe that what we're witnessing in The Color Purple, the revival, is a desire for Broadway to reach out and grab hold of a new audience. But the way they're doing it, I think, is a mistake. And let me try to explain. What they're doing is creating moments of mm, uh, excitement and humor just for the sake of excitement and humor, not to further the story. They're having the actors do funny things for the sake of doing funny funny things. They're having the singers perform vocal gymnastics for the sake of performing vocal gymnastics rather than furthering the story. And for people who never or very, very rarely attend the theater... It's, this leaves a big impression on them, and they, they, and they love it. They love it because it's playing to the American idleness in all of us that we've, we've come to adopt as a society. But I think it's a, a sad thing if that is what theater becomes. Because the majority of this show is very boring. And I'll tell you why. Bad direction. I don't even know who directed it. I don't want to look. I'm just going to say there's a a directorial problem here. 
some of the scenes were just yelled so loud that I couldn't even hear them on the sound system in that theater, uh, the Orpheum Theater in San Francisco. Um, the orchestra was too loud. Many of the songs, the vowel sounds were were emphasized, but people weren't doing their consonants, so I couldn't even hear what the words were. Sometimes people were singing directly into the ground. <laughs> Sometimes the scenes were so quiet, the talking part, the book, the actors relying on their microphones, and I, all of us up in the mezzanine were looking at each other because we couldn't hear a darn thing they were saying. I mean, one of the things you learn as a musical theater performer in a large venue is you, you don't act like you have a microphone on. You have to play to the back of the house in the back of the top, top row up in the rafters. And you have to make sure that they're getting it. And the only people who were able to do that were the two or three extremely experienced Broadway performers who knew they had to do that. And those three people, we could hear clearly... They played to the back of the house, and um, their performances came off as uh, excellent. But the others um, did not, and, and, and it's interesting. Normally, I sit in the orchestra. I have season tickets for, for, this, um, for this series of shows in San Francisco every year, and I normally sit in the orchestra, but we had to change our seats up to the mezzanine. And uh, I'm always very wowed by the shows, but I notice that many of the young actors are not trained to play to the back of the house. And when you're sitting up in the mezzanine and nobody around you is laughing, but you look down in the orchestra and uh, the people in the first 10 to 20 rows of the orchestra on the floor are doubled, doubled over in laughter, you know the actor is playing only to them and has forgotten about you up there. And that's a big turnoff to me. And to me, that's a problem with the director. The director needs to remind young actors to play to the back of the house. And it's often something that's overlooked or forgotten about by young actors. Understandably so. No matter how talented they are, they're still relatively new if they're in their early 20s. And they need to be reminded of these things by the director. And if the director doesn't do it, it'll never happen. Now, now the actors, the performers who were, who were in their 40s and 50s, and I looked in, the, in, in the, uh, the program, all three of these people have been in many Broadway productions. They all played to the back of the house, and their performances came off as the best by far. And it's simple. It's a simple movement of the head uh, about an inch or two up. That's all it is. And also making sure that you put yourself in the place of the audience and think, can they hear me? Are they getting what I'm trying to say? Are they, are they getting the scene? Are they getting the interaction between me and the other actor? Do they know what's happening? Are we telling a story? And if the director's not helping you with that, you as an actor need to learn how to do it on your own. And I, and I hope that people are still learning that. But sometimes I go to these shows and I'm wondering if they are. I really am. And, and that was the case with The Color Purple. There were some great moments, but overall, 
It was pretty weak. Pretty weak. And I think it could have been really good. And also, simple stuff like the set. Okay, so they have millions of dollars to produce this show. And it was a very minimal set, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But they built these wooden decks on the stage. And uh, many times they had the entire company come out and sing. The wooden decks were so creaky that they took away from the performers on stage. There's no excuse for that as far as I'm concerned. Uh, There are so many easy ways to take the creaking sound out of platforms on the stage. I've seen community theaters do it. Perhaps they did it on purpose to make it look old or to emphasize the poverty or something, but it didn't work. It was just distracting. And also the Orpheum Theater's sound system is a mess. If you're in the orchestra, it's fine, but if you're up in the rafters or in the mezzanine, it seemed to me that the the sound from the orchestra was coming through one set of speakers, and the sound uh, of the singers and the voices when they were doing the scenes was coming out another set of speakers, which was much further away. So the orchestra was constantly over overwriting the, the, the singers' voices. And I know that for a fact because in a couple of songs there were only one or two instruments playing and I could hear the people on stage much better. Also, in the second act, there were some people behind us and they were so sick of it, uh, they went and got those uh, hearing aid things that you put in your ears that a lot of these uh, large theaters give out to people with hearing problems. Now, I don't have a hearing problem. I don't think the people behind me had one. But they said when they had those on, they could hear everything clear as a bell, which, me- which tells me that they're getting a signal with those, uh, a wireless signal that's coming through the soundboard, which is how it's supposed to sound. Now, when you go on tour, you don't know what you're going to find out about the house. So maybe the Orpheum Theater wasn't set up in such a way that was going to make the color purple sound good. But you would think and you would hope that they would work with the Orpheum to make sure that that wasn't a problem. But it was, and I guess nobody did anything about it. Or perhaps because it was a sold-out house and maybe it was the only sold-out house they had during the run, uh, the sound was different um, with the place filled with bodies. I don't know, but it was just so hard to hear. So hard to hear. I think uh, if the director was traveling with the company or an assistant director or something, they should have placed themselves in every part of the house and listened to as much of the play as they could during the run-through or run-throughs. I guess maybe they... I'm guessing they ran through it once before they performed it there. I don't know, though. Uh, to, to make sure that the sound was okay everywhere in, in that theater. It just wasn't. And... It's ridiculous because these tickets are extremely expensive. And I complained to um, the company, SHN. I haven't heard anything back. They sent me an email asking me 
what I thought. And so I told him. I pretty much told him what I just told you now. Again, I want to say, this, this is no disrespect to any of my fellow performers in that play. They all gave it their all. And uh, if you were sitting in the orchestra, you probably thought they were all magnificent. I'm, I'm saying, and this is my opinion, that there was a directorial lapse. That whoever directed this wasn't being particular enough and wasn't guiding some of the actors enough in little ways, particular ways that would have made huge differences in how the, 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 the show played itself out. So that's that. The Color Purple. The Color Purple. What a great movie. Do you remember the movie? Danny Glover, Oprah Winfrey. God, I love Oprah Winfrey as an actress. I wish she would do more acting. It's kind of like Cher. Cher and Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Two of my favorite actors who hardly ever act, but they're both incredibly talented. Um, yeah, loved it. Loved it. I think that's enough for today. Tomorrow... I am going to talk about Roseanne. Yes, Roseanne. You might be very surprised about my opinion on that thing. So anyway, go to my website, rayrenati.com or raysgreenroom.com and you can see all of my podcasts. I have about 53, 54, 55 now. Uh, also, there's a little button there, and if you could uh, click on it and give me a rating on iTunes, I would be your best friend for life, promise. <laughs> and please tell your friends about this uh, podcast if you enjoyed it. Uh, I love doing this. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the love. Although, if you want to give me some money, because it does cost me money to do this, there's a button on there. Uh, on my website, raisegreenroom.com, a Patreon button, and you can just give me, you know, a, a buck, two, three, four, five a month, and I would love you for it. And as soon as I get some people doing that, I will have special offers for all of you. Promise. And remember, please tell your friends. Please tell your friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, please pass it along. Pass it along. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all so much. All of you who love theater and film and music and cabaret and mimes. I don't know about mimes. But anyway, until next time, I will see you on the boards. Good night, everybody.